Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Mercenary Musician Podcast. My name is Chad, and to my left is Peter. Hello, my name's Peter. And today we're going to be talking to you about room awareness. Peter, the floor yes. is yours. Room awareness. It's actually, oh, you know, actually, we'll, let's do like a little intro talk, talk story time, because I had something happen to me at a gig the other night. Welcome to story time. You're not going to fucking believe it. I've been doing this full time for, it's coming up on eight years now. And my tip jar got stolen last night. Whoa. Yeah. Terrible. So I think what it, what has happened is I've gotten so used to playing country clubs and like nice places that I got comfortable. And I was playing in an outdoor mall in uh, Estero. I walked away for probably 10 minutes and my tip jar was gone. And I found it like, you know, a quarter of a block up, up around the corner with the, there was only, and another thing is there was only like $25 in it probably. So I was like, didn't even think of it. There's $25 in it, and there's the 20 that I have taped on it for the bait dollar. So I lost like 45 bucks. It was probably just, you know, some teenagers running around being being shitty. But yeah, it's been it's been a while. So speaking of room awareness, <laughs> obviously I missed missed that one. It was it was, you know, a bit of a slow, quiet gig. So I was kind of like just doing almost a paid practice where I was, you know, playing chords on the looping pedal and soloing. So I wasn't Honestly, I was not as engaged in the gig as I as I might have been. So that's probably part of it. Which leads us to room awareness, right? Right? Correct. Right. Specifically volume. Well, yeah, there's that that's probably the big one, which we've talked about before on this on this show a lot. It's 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 weirdly like the one of the most important things about uh being a professional gigging like solo artists like this in bars and country clubs there's the thing i hear most from manager the managers who hire me and and kind of rave about me and tell me how i'm their favorite assuming they don't just say that to everybody <laughs> is that i'm good at controlling my volume i play to the room and they they you know they'll say Man, you know i love so and so they're they're really great you know, the singing's great the playing's great but they just like they're so fucking loud and I can't get them to turn down. Tables complain, and I ask them to turn down, and they, you know, they say they do, and I guess I'm sure they do. You know, as I'm sure I'm sure they don't like lie about it, but they just don't turn down very much, <laughs> or you know, they just think, well, surely this is as quiet as I can go, yeah. and they just don't, they just don't quite get that. No, you actually could be totally background music, and sometimes that is what people want. It's it's kind of like this. Well, you hired me to to play music. The, you know, and I know how to play music, so I'm going to do it the way I know how to do it. And yeah, there's there's some aspects to that that are that are right. Like if you're putting on a, a music, a musical performance, you're on like a stage or something. You're the person in charge. You and the sound guy decide how things are going to sound. The audience doesn't get to do that. But that's not what we're doing here, really. What we're doing is playing to an audience that that does have a lot of control over over what you do. If one table complains enough they can they can basically give the manager enough of a headache where they'll seriously consider not having you back ever again. Anyway, I'm up, as as always I'm off on a bit of an early tangent here, but what we're talking about really is room awareness and how to how to avoid getting to the point where the manager has to come say anything to you at all. Yeah, what are some of the cues that you're looking for? Right. I, I do want to jump in front of this before we even get into the cues and the room awareness stuff. There's something you can do especially if you're new to a place. If you're just meeting the manager for the first time, Something that really helps is, hi, I'm Peter. Uh, I'm getting set up here. 
or if you've met or whatever, you know, whatever introduction is appropriate. I'm getting set up here. You just let me know. I've never played here before, obviously. So uh, if you need me to turn down or turn up or just kind of like let me know where we're at sound wise, because obviously I've never played here before. So I want to get it dialed in. I don't want to blast anyone away. I don't want to, you know, et cetera. Let them know that you're thinking about this, that this is a consideration for you and that you're trying to fit in to the energy of the place you're playing. That it goes a very long way. I actually, I played a, I played a country club recently. It was the worst gig I've played in a long time, but you know, it pays fairly well as country clubs do. And it, but it was, it was a situation where I was playing what was outside. So you can get away with playing a little louder outside at what was a very reasonable volume. It was just trust me. It was reasonable volume. And somebody inside sitting at the bar, not a crowded bar, like sitting at a bar where they could have moved further away, had the manager come out, which the manager was actually pretty rude about this too, but had the manager come out in, in the middle of a song and tell me to turn down. And I like, stopped what I'm doing, turned down, played something and sang. The manager is like looking off to his left at the person, kind of like, okay, like there's this, there's literally one person now in charge of how loud I'm going to be. You know, one guest, even mm-hmm. not, it's not even a manager. It's a manager being a proxy for some guest who's like not even getting up, you know, and the manager's like, Oh, is that good? No, that's not good. Down more. And I'm like, I'm literally like, I'm down to almost off. I'm playing almost silently, not silently, but almost, almost no application. Somebody, somebody gets up, you know, five minutes later and walks out and goes, man, you got to turn up. And I'm like, I literally just got told to turn down. I'm sorry, man. And so that it tells you the, it's, it's almost like there's, like, there's a Hippocratic oath thing going on here where it's like first do no harm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of part of what what happens here is the person who thinks it's too loud gets like a tie goes to the person who thinks it's too loud. It doesn't go to the person who thinks it's not loud enough. It's if somebody is annoyed by it, by your presence, then you got to be closer to not there, you know? Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, it was it was one of the one of the worst gigs from my perspective that I've played in a long time because I had to be like almost not there. Those was incredibly boring. But. I got to the end of that gig and the manager, it was the, the manager above the kind of one who was rude was like, that was great. Thank you so much. And that's like, that's <laughs> make the manager's life you easy. That's job. like, I did my job. Exactly. Yeah. That's you just, that's my job. Sometimes mm-hmm. is that's to a win. just make the manager's life easier. Right. That's my job on some level. Yeah. You know, we, we mentioned how you can kind of view your job from a bunch of different angles. You're selling drinks, you're putting butts in seats. You're making managers' lives easier. That's you're helping a restaurant make money. Like you can kind of look through this from different lenses. Mm-hmm. That is one of your jobs is to make the person who is responsible for hiring you feel good about that decision and make them want to do it again and recommend you to their friends who manage country clubs. Yeah, that's that's a big part of this game. Okay, so the <laughs> seven minutes in, we're going to get to the cues to watch for your room awareness. We've got thirteen minutes to go. Right, so, the, so these are cram uh, time. So these are these are these are specific, right? So we kind of we'll we'll do this telescoping zoom thing, right? That I that I like to do, where you zoom out, and you zoom in, and you look at very specific examples, and you look at the very general rule that the specific example refers to, and that's what we're going to do now. We're going to get into some specific details here, things to look for in a an audience or an audience member um, when you're trying to to read what the fuck is going on out there, if people are liking you or not. This is it, it's it's cool too because this is stuff that you can practice. I'm a huge part of my job is just kind of watching people engaging how they feel about what I'm doing. And it will help you in your everyday life. It will help you with business. It'll help you with negotiating pay raises. It will help you with just making friends. It will help you with all kinds of stuff, police interactions, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's all kinds of stuff where being able to read a, 
a person a little better is good for both you and them. So it's it's just good kind of stuff to practice, and this is stuff that you can improve on. It's not well, – I, I was talking earlier about this, and it, it it is something that there's a wide variety of innate ability out there. Yeah, As I'm sure you remember from your elementary, middle school, and high school days, there are people – you know, who didn't have to practice it, who are just smooth as smooth as eggs. That's, you, a, you that's a new one. No, no it's from a, a Dave Chappelle stand-up. He's talking about getting Botox in his balls. <laughs> so I have those, had them shit smooth as eggs. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there's, uh, you know, people in high school who are just fucking smooth, and there are people in high school who are awkward and, and weird, and some of that is innate ability, a lot of that is innate ability, and some of it is practice and being willing to practice, and they're related. If you suck at something, a lot of times you're not as willing to practice it. Oh, I'm just awkward around people. I don't want to talk to people. So it spirals downward. I'm good with people. I like to talk to people. I get better and better and better and better because I do it all the time because I like it and I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a skill that you can you can improve on. So just little things to watch for. And this this all really comes down to just being observant. You, you can't notice any of this stuff if you're not noticing, which comes down to mindfulness, which we have talked about many times before on this podcast. Mindfulness is just, it's like a, a deep core skill that will make you better at just about everything. Okay, so here are cues. And they, these are, some of these are like time of the gig dependent, like where in the process you might see these. Some of these are element of your performance dependent, like volume and song choice. Some of these are like culture dependent, where it's like the, the general feel of, of the room you're playing in. So here's, here's a cue. It's not even a social cue. You walk into a place and it's really fancy and beautiful and nice and clean. That's a cue of some kind. And in a way, it is a social cue because humans made the room that way, right? But you're, you're looking around at the room and you say, okay, this is not a dive bar. Or you walk in and you listen to the music that's playing. You say, oh, it's like quiet jazz music. Mm-hmm. It's not loud rockabilly music in a right. dive bar, right? This, these are They're kind of social cues, right? They're... These are things you can pick up on and say, okay, well, that's going to tell me something about where this room wants to be. We're kind of talking about prior to gig type stuff here. You're walking into a room, right? So now let's say you're getting set up in your your corner of the room there, and you see there are people seated nearby, and they look over their shoulder at you, and they start excitedly chattering. They're like, oh, music. You can kind of hear something like that. That happens pretty often. Oh, live music. Good sign. That that means that's like an excited kind of live music. This is going to be good. Maybe this guy will be good. Let's see. If you if you hear that, you can do a couple of things. You can kind of pipe in if it seems appropriate and say, "Hey guys, thanks for being here. I'm I'm just going to get started here in a second. And uh, I know you guys are right up front, but you just let me know if it's too loud. And you can say that to somebody who you think might be excited, or especially somebody who you think might not be excited. It's it's actually really important when you see that, which is honestly for me. Quite a bit more, more common. I, I play in Southwest Florida. There's a lot of old people, a lot of country clubs. These people generally aren't out to see like a rock show. They're de- they're very often just having a quiet chat for lunch. These people don't really want loud music. And a lot of times you'll see a cue like this while you're getting set up, right? This is before you even start playing. You'll see a person kind of look over their shoulder with a, either a worried look or a startled look. They'll start, you, you might even hear them groan. You might hear them talking to each other about wanting to move. And honestly, if people if people that quickly just want to move, yeah, just let them, you know? That's it's not it's it's a better response than what we kind of talked about earlier where someone's like, "No, I'm not fucking moving. I'm just going to complain." I I don't I don't mind it when people move, really. It can be disheartening because it it it's hard to uncouple it from 
oh, these people don't want to be near me because they, they hate what I'm doing, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, that's I, I try to put myself in their shoes. This is another kind of picking up social cues related skill. Try to empathize with these people, right? Maybe this is a person with a hearing problem and they're really just seeing their friends for the first time in a long time and they want to have a quiet chat with their with their friends. That is perfectly fine. And if I were in that position, I wouldn't want to sit right next to a speaker either, would I? So this is a just kind of empathizing with people and letting them be the way they want to be is a good starting position here. Here's something that that this goes over. This this is a like a, a pro tip. This is a, a hack, right? I know you podcast listeners like like hacks, you lazy bastards. That that basically the thing that I just described is if you see somebody kind of like you may not even be able to tell if they're worried or they're excited. It might be a little bit of both. It might be oh, this could be good or or really bad. I've had. I mean, what if he's bad, you know, as many musicians are? What if he's bad? What if he's way too loud and bad? These are legitimate concerns. So when these people look over at you and you are, are you're maybe not quite certain whether it's a good look or a bad look, chiming in is very useful here, especially tables right in the front row, because these people, fair enough, sat down before live music was where it was going to be, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't know that what live music was going to be there. Had live music been there when they sat down, maybe they would have still hung around and wanted to listen, but they would have been a table or two further away. So anyway, it's very, it's, it's kind, right? It's just kindness and empathy to talk to these people and say, Hey guys, I know you're going to be like right in the front row here, but, uh, I will do my absolute best to not blast you guys away. I'll get the volume dialed in for you guys. I'm here for you. I'm not sensitive about it. You know, that whole little spiel. And you guys just let me know. Also, I take requests. Get in front of it. Get way in front of it. And people will immediately stop looking you looking at you like you're a car in traffic and they'll look at you like you're the person behind the wheel, right? This is like humanizing. And you might even get more tips. It's, I, I guarantee you, it, the, tips come down to connecting with people. People tip people they like, right? They, so, like, occasionally you'll get tips from people who are just like, man, I really respect the music. The music is sick. I don't care for the person really or I have not established anything about their personality, but I'll tip them anyway because the music is so good. I think that's pretty rare. I think they tip people who are generally, they want a combo of both. This is a nice guy. I feel like he's not donating to, like, you know, the Proud Boys with my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Spending on fentanyl. Or what, yeah, or whatever, right? This is like a, a nice, normal guy. I'll give him some money because he's working hard and he does a good job. That was, I kind of jumped ahead there. I have, a, I have a section for cues to watch for and I got a section for how to respond to these cues. That was kind of both, right? So you got cues of people sort of looking worried. People, this is prior to the gig, right? People looking worried or even excited. You can still jump out and, and make that connection. It's a good opportunity. Really, either way, you should you should jump out and try to make these connections. <clears throat> Let's back up a little bit and do some some actual, like, really specific cues regarding volume. One obvious one, people, people will do this. They will put a finger to their ear or in their ear even. And, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty rude to, like, stick a finger in your ear in front of a musician. But Old folks don't care. They, they really don't. Just keep in mind, some of these people, they, they do have hearing problems. They're, they were having a conversation with their friend that they were struggling to have, and now you've made it impossible, right? Yeah. Imagine that. Okay, so that that's a cue. That's an obvious one. Here's a less obvious one is people kind of like scooching chairs closer to each other to talk like into each other's ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Depending on the venue you're in, that I mean, it may be appropriate for you to be that loud, but generally if you're playing at a bar or restaurant, people need to be able to talk to each other more or less normally. If you if you are seeing people ha- have to change what they're doing in order to be heard because of what you're doing, because of your because of your playing, 
that is, it's not always, you know, I never deal in absolutes. It's not always something you need to, to fix immediately, but it is something to definitely be aware of. Particularly if you're seeing bartenders and servers have to like really struggle to communicate with, with patrons. That's like you're interfering with commerce here, right? So those kind of cues, kind of shouting over each other, really, you know, facial expressions, scowling, kind of like looking at you, frowning. There's a spectrum of subtlety, right? There's a, some people are more subtle about it. And if you're good, you'll still be able to pick up on that mm -hmm. and say something, right? You say something after the next song, right? We're going to get right into addressing these because I think it makes uh, more sense to do it that way. Give you the cues and then talk about how to address them when you see them. All right. So you see some, you see people kind of like raise their volume to speak, raise their, their vocal volume and the scooching closer to each other to speak. And you could say something at the end of the song and be like, hey, guys, I just want to let you know I'm not sensitive about my volume. You guys let me know if I'm too loud. And you can oftentimes when people start hearing human speech instead of song, oftentimes somebody will look up at you, usually. And a lot of times you'll make eye contact with somebody at this table who has been giving you sometimes very subtle body language of like, ah, this is a little too loud. And oftentimes someone will go, actually, yeah, just a little bit. But like most of the time, if somebody says something, it'll be like that. Um, it won't be like, yes, fucking turned out, you know, been it, waiting for that. Right. Right. Um, and most of the time people will hear that and be like, yeah, maybe a little bit. And then you'd be like, absolutely. Gotcha. And you turn down and nine times out of 10, that table will tip you. You know what I mean? That's something that, I think I think musicians we talked about volume I think we had a whole episode about volume maybe but something that musicians take personally and I just think it's so fucking silly is this is my art it goes at this fucking volume so just eat it or you're like disrespecting my art and it's just like it's not your art dude it's, it's covers <laughs> okay well that's that's a, hey, come on bro that's an interesting point I I get I get your point for sure and I and I tend to agree with you. It's not it's not your art. And even if it were though, I play original songs at these gigs. I play my original songs at the fucking appropriate volume for the room. It's just something it's just connecting with people. It's empathy. That's it, so much of this stuff we're doing a, a big zoom out here. So much of this stuff is just being a fucking empathetic, nice, thoughtful person. That's like what so much of life comes down to and it it will make you more successful to think about other people. It's just like that's all there is to it. Think about other people. Think about what kind of experience they're having. Think about what you can do to make it better with us within your power without, you know, bending over fucking backwards to screwing your person. own shit up, right? Yeah. Like just be a fucking good, thoughtful person. It's not – It's I'm, I'm acting like it's not hard. It is hard as fuck actually. I yeah. have a very hard time with it a lot of a yeah. lot of my life. But it's, it's not as hard as it seems at first. It, it, that's – what I mean is it it's simple, right? Maybe it's simple but not easy kind of thing, right? Yeah. It just just be thoughtful and try to think about other people. That's what a lot of this comes down to. Another another kind of general rule here. You know how I'm seeing these cues? I'm looking up. I got to be looking up and around at the room in order to get any of this. And I I know that I've talked before about using your phone chord chart app and I still highly recommend doing that, but part of the skill there is to be able to read ahead, know what you're doing and look up. Also, having enough songs memorized so that you don't have to do everything on the phone, that helps too. You, you need to be looking up. I'm, I'm like, I'm hearing my uh, middle school jazz band teacher's voice echoing in my head. Eyes up, eyes up, watch me, you know. You're like, you, don't, you can't just keep your head in the music the whole time. You got to look up at the band and at the, at the conductor. It's the same same deal here. You, you need to be looking up at the room around you to know what is going on 
in, in order to respond to it. Okay, here's we touched on this briefly. Cues from the audience versus cues from employees. Cues from employees are, I think, a little more urgent. If you see employees, bartenders starting to get really pissed off about your volume because they can't hear, that's an issue. The manager is going to hear about that more certainly than a slightly annoyed bar patron, right? These are, these are both important, right? They're both important cues. Honestly, generally, an employee of the bar or restaurant is going to be less sensitive. So the bar for them starting to get annoyed by your shit is going to be higher. But it is more important when it does go wrong that direction, right? Because, again, you're interfering with commerce at that point. Here's a little trick, right? If you when – I, when I see – and this is another, another thing. It just comes back to being, being thoughtful, just being – thinking about other people as like your first reaction when a table near me is having their order taken, right? So you get the server standing next to them. It's a little longer distance from mouth to ear for a server standing to a seated person than it is from a seated person to the seated person next to them. Right? So there's going to have to be a raise in volume a little bit for them to get that message across. If I see a waiter struggling to get an order or somebody has to repeat something, you know, a lot of times people are pretty quiet and they are just quiet. It's hard to hear them. If I see a, a server have to get something repeated or it, it looks like I'm interfering with the order taking in some way, I will stop singing. Not like abruptly, not so anyone notices, but I'll, I'll keep playing my chords. I'll bring the volume of the guitar down and I'll kind of like just vamp for a minute while they do that. I have the power to do that. I'm not the radio, right? I can just kind of sit in the background for a minute. The order gets done. I don't know that any servers actually ever noticed this before, but... What they notice is not having to yell because I'm way too loud, right? They, you know, I just get out of their way and let them do their job. And then when they walk away, I get back to my appropriate volume, mm-hmm. you know, continuing to read the table that the server just left to make sure they're not shouting at each other. But, you know, I just read that little social interaction there. I said, I'm too loud for this interaction to go smoothly. So let me dial it back, let that interaction go smoothly, and then get back to the volume where things were still, things were working, right? So that's kind of something to to be aware of. When somebody, that's kind of another idea, when somebody joins a table and is like hugging, make, oh, I haven't seen you in a while, they're hugging, making, oh my God, it's so good to see you. Same idea. You can, instead of like hitting that fucking chorus super hard, right, while that's happening, you can hang out for a second and let that introduction happen without your noise happening, right? And that that's, what, what some of this comes down to is, a lot of it's common sense. A lot of it is com- – it seems like common sense in hindsight, but I, I didn't think – I had to learn this over the course of, you know, stepping on people's toes a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and just like slowly noticing, oh, that seems to annoy people. That seems to annoy people. That seems to annoy people. And slowly just getting better at, at those things. But it, it does seem like common sense when you make your, your rule of thumb – Think about other people's experience and try to make it better. Okay, so that was cues from audience versus employees. Song choice. We're going to wrap this up with song choice. This is a, this is kind of a more of a fun one. I know we've kind of harped on like how you just get the fuck out of the way and shut up and <laughs> be quiet, you know? But uh, this is this is the kind of more of a fun one. I like to think of this, the song choice, right? When somebody asks me what kind of music I play, my response is, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of everything. I, the goal is to... Try to get everyone in the room at some point to look up and go, oh, I like this, right? So I'll play a little classic country, a little classic rock, a little blues, a little reggae, a little jazz, a little bit of a little bit of everything, and uh, that is certainly true at the very beginning of a gig. When I don't know anything about the crowd, I play 
a wide range of genres right off the rip. I play like five or six like big, big hits from from each different genre. I go and I kind of try to read the room. I profile them a little bit. I go like, you guys look like you want reggae. So here's Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. And then if that goes really well, if people are like, oh, fuck, yeah, perfect. I'll do a Jack Johnson song and then I'll do a Sublime song and then I'll and just kind of like read how people are are responding to that right when people clap these are these are obvious cues when people clap when people go woo when you mention an artist name you're about to play i'm going to play a bob marley song and someone goes oh yeah that happens all the time listen for that and notice what genre that happens with what song that happens with i i like to my metaphor for this is you're kind of like mining for gold and when you find gold you try to follow the seam right you you don't just keep mining straight down and say oh yep there's there's gold back there at reggae now, okay, classic country again. Now, right. rock. You go, oh, there's gold at reggae. Let me see something related to reggae and see if that works. Oh, Jack Johnson didn't really do it. Maybe the thing they liked about it was that it was just a massive catchy hit. Okay, let me do another massive catchy hit. Oh, they liked that. They just want to hear fucking big hits that they know the lyric, you know. And you can kind of tailor, you tailor your set that way. And by the time you get to the end of the set, you should be like, this is a fucking classic country, classic rock crowd. I got these guys in my palm of my hand. A lot of a lot of these skills all overlap, but this obviously this is where knowing a lot about music comes in. This is where being able to read your chord charts comes in. This is being able to read the room comes in. This is where all that stuff kind of overlaps is is that. And uh, so being able to read the cues of that, that song worked, and it, it can be hard to tell. Sometimes you are like truly neutral. And people are just like, this is background music, I don't give a damn. But the cues you're basically looking for are applause, even like somebody kind of looking up and giving you like the like approval, kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, you know, I think you can picture the face I'm doing and go, yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, this is kind of like weird. Thumbs up, that's a thing. Applause is the most obvious one. A big one. This is this is something I really I really do listen for is, and and this is what what. In, you should introduce your song saying this is a Bob Marley song. People will go, oh, yes, if they like it. Very less, much less common is people going like, ugh. It happens sometimes. So I think we I think we did a pretty good overview of room awareness and, and the social cues that you're kind of, some of them that you're kind of looking for and what to do about them. And that's fucking it. Bye.